Hello friends, I'm Dion and welcome to another episode of Off The Beaten Podcast. Uh, I, thank you for joining me and I'm so excited for this episode, just like I am for every episode. But hopefully you had a wonderful Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day just passed. Hopefully you either got to spend it with that special someone or if you you know want to play it cool and, and don't do the Valentine's Day thing, then I hope you got to do whatever it is that you chose to do. I actually spent my Valentine's Day in class. So I recently embarked on a new educational journey and I am attending Olive Harvey Community College here in the city and I am getting my basic certificate in cannabis dispensary operations. So I'm taking five classes. I actually go to class from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Fridays and then 8.30 a.m. to 4.45 p.m. on Saturdays. And I'm, I'm taking five classes, intro to cannabis, cannabis and the law, an intro to business, uh, customer service operations, and then uh, cannabis dispensary operations. So that's five classes. I work full time. So this is a, for me, all this is a purpose is a full class load. And, but it's interesting. It's something I'm definitely interested in, very intrigued in. And I mean, even just in the first, uh, two days of classes, I've learned tons and I learned a lot and got to connect with my classmates who are all just really interesting people. So super excited about it. And I'll keep you you know, updated about that as it goes. So this is definitely one of those opportunities. If you're not signed up for the newsletter, definitely go and check it out because those weeks that I don't post an episode, I'm sure I'll have updates about my class and I'll put those there in the newsletter. And then if you don't sign up for the newsletter, you won't get those updates because I, you know, it's no point in me mentioning them here a week later. So definitely make sure you do that and great. So I wanted to start by giving a few shout outs, right? I, I love giving shout out. I love people who reach out to me and give great feedback and such. So I try to make sure that I, I make sure that I make a note of, of all the feedback as best I can so I can give you know you all a shout out. So here's a couple of shout outs I have this week. I want to give a shout out to Adrian. Adrian uh, went on over to buymeacoffee.com and Adrian actually bought me five cups of coffee, which was fabulous. And she left a little note with it. It said, hope the coffee helps to fuel all those creative juices. Adrian, it has. It does. <laughs> if you see any picture of me like pre-recording, during recording, after recording, there's always a coffee cup. It, I don't know. It just kind of like I feel like it helps me think. I feel like it just kind of gets me like in a good place. I'm sipping me a nice latte. I'm sipping me a, a nice mocha. I'm actually in reality a huge tea drinker, but it just doesn't hit me the same way when I'm ready, you know, because when, when I'm getting someone come in to have a conversation, I want to get a little jazzed up. You know what I'm saying? I want to have some fun and just a little caffeine gets me there. So thank you so much. Um, I may not drink all of those, <laughs> all of those cups of coffee, you know, because it's great that, you know, all the money that comes in, every dollar counts. And I have some goals, some things I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm trying to actually buy a proper table. That's like a goal. I was like, okay, you just got to do it. Buy a proper table. So I'm going to do that. And also I want to buy an audio interface that allowed me to connect four microphones. Um, the one I have right now only allows me to connect two. And then actually I'll need to buy some more microphones. So those are two things I'm kind of saving up for. So every dollar that people are willing to give me counts. If you want to buy me a cup of coffee, give a few dollars to Off The Beaten Podcast. Uh, you can actually go on over 
over to buymeacoffee.com slash off the beaten podcast. One cup of coffee is $3. You can buy as many as you like or as few as you like. And I would be super happy. Every dollar counts and it goes towards, uh, you know, this podcast to hopefully make it better. I have tons of great ideas and plans. And, you know, sometimes it just takes a few dollars to get there. So thank you, Adrian. Thank you for anyone else who goes on and support me. And I appreciate you. Uh, the next shout out I have, I want to go is actually to a fellow podcaster is to a wonderful woman um, named Corey Asuncion. Uh, and so Corey is the host of the That's Not Proper podcast. If you've never heard of That's Not Proper, I definitely encourage you to go check it out. Um, I think we actually, I came across Corey through Instagram. She posts pictures of like all these super cool socks. And I, that's actually, if you know anything about me, okay, this might be overshare, but this is one of those things. Like if you know what a foot fetish is, right? Men or, you know, women who have a foot fetish, I'm the exact opposite. Keep your feet covered and keep them away from Keep them away from me. I always tell you, people are like, it's just like, every, even my own. If you ever see me, I'm always wearing socks. I'm always wearing shoes. I would say 92% of feet totally skeeve me out. And so it's just a thing. Everyone has their thing. People have their kinks. People have, and mine is just like, I, I defeat. I just don't deal with, right? Well, most of them. And so it was really, so it's funny because I'm actually really intrigued by super cute socks, super cute shoes. It, it whatever it is and so Corey <laughs> posts pictures on instagram i saw them you know and saw that it was a podcast and so on and so forth but her podcast is great Corey is the mom of seven kids and she just offers just life perspective and life lessons insight she's a very insightful woman i definitely encourage you to go check her out but she went on to pot chaser and she dropped me a five-star review, which I completely, completely uh, appreciate. And she also left a little uh, note. And so she said, Dion has an amazing, upbeat personality that shines through in his podcast. I love that he is so eager to speak to interesting people he encounters during life in Chicago and shares those stories on his podcast. He is enthusiastic and joyful, and it's like hanging out with a friend. Thank you, Dion, for sharing your gift. Oh my God. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate you. And you know, what can I say? I'm just a dork with a microphone, but yeah, I love talking to people. Um, you know, the people that I invite on here, people, I'm like, Oh my God, this person is amazing. I would love to talk to them more and, you know, learn more and dig in a little bit. And as I get better at that skill, uh, the podcast will get better, but I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying it and I'm just loving all the feedback, for example, and the best feedback is from my peers. So thank you so much, Corey. You're the best. Also, if you're not familiar with Podchaser, go check them out. Podchaser.com. Podchaser is billed as like the IMDB of podcasts. I'm actually loving it. I, I like had seen it and I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. And, uh, you know, but I actually love the platform. I've been spending t tons of time on it. I've been discovering podcasts. You can actually discover podcast creators um, and you can rate podcasts. You can review. You can see what other people. It's just very much like a like IMDB, but just for podcasts. And so if you're a podcast, podcast listener you don't have to be a creator you don't have to have your own like just go check it out go look at it i'm loving it it's so much fun and be sure to follow me uh my name you know obviously dion mcgill but also follow off the beaten podcast and we'll be friends and you'll see everything that i review and everything i'm listening to and such and you know it's just a, it's like a community i love it community is all the best so go check that out podchaser.com wonderful thank you Corey. 
and oh and the last thing actually Pachis are also like on on the page of my page of my podcast or off the beam podcast at the very bottom it has like similar podcasts and it had ear hustle listed as a similar podcast i totally geeked out if you if you guys are familiar with ear hustle go check out ear hustle it's like an amazing it's award-winning you know it's it is a mainstream podcast it's amazing um it's actually created inside of san quentin prison and the host the original host was erlon woods and erlon and then uh, Naja Poor, who was a woman who came into the into San Quentin to do this media program. And so every guest is a, is a inmate of San Quentin and every episode is about life in prison from the perspective of prisoners. Amazing, mind blowing, so enlightening. And, I, you know, that's all I can really say. Go check out Your Hustle if you not heard it. And the fact that anyone thinks that this show is like Your Hustle, I'm just like, ah, yes. Yes, we we made it. My it's red panty. And if you're Conor McGregor, man, if you know Conor McGregor, you know it's red panty night. We're we're doing it. We're doing big things here. So yes, amazing. And then finally, the last shout out I have is uh, my friend Chris Rodriguez. So Chris is an amazing young lady, and she does jujitsu. That's how we met, and. Uh, yeah, she's just an all-around badass chick. And so, actually, I think this would have been a couple weeks ago now, and I feel bad that it took me so long. But she actually messaged me on Facebook, and we we're having a conversation. And she and she initially said, you know, i got to go back and listen to your podcast. I haven't listened to it. I said, yeah, that, definitely check it out. Then she actually messaged me back a few days later. It was like, I listened to episode 12 of your podcast. I said, oh, you know, really cool. What do you think? You know, blah, blah. And she was like, I laughed and shook my head so much, you thought I was shaking off water from my head. And, like, that to me was the best compliment ever you know just someone who's like i loved it it made me laugh i enjoyed it you know and like that's so cool um when i was editing um the last episode of the podcast with maria de guillo like listening to it i was a couple weeks removed from it and just listening to it i was laughing my ass off and i was like if other people have this reaction this is exactly what i set out to do Connecting people around stories of Chicago and Chicago people and changing that narrative of just the negative bullshit about the best city in the world. And I'm doing it and it's happening and I appreciate you all. And this is so great. You can tell how like jazzed up I am. So, <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so those are all the shout outs. Thank you. So actually that last shout out, Chris Rodriguez is what led me to this week's episode. Cause actually this week's episode is Chris Rodriguez as my guest. So let me explain to you exactly what happened. Um, I actually went on to social media and I just said, you know, St. Valentine's Day, if you're from Chicago, you got to talk about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. I don't know if any other podcast did. If they, if you have a Chicago podcast you listen to and they didn't talk about St. Valentine's Day Massacre, give, you know, shout them out. Like, yo, call them out. Yo, what the fuck? But anyway, it's, I'm a former history teacher. I'm a geek. Whatever. So I actually put like, is anyone interested? And Chris was like, I'm actually watching this show, this documentary about mobsters in Chicago. And I was like, you want to come on and talk about it? Because why not? And, you know, and Chris is amazing. And I, she's not big necessarily. I knew she would not be big into talking about herself. So she came on with the intention of talking about mobsters and the same Valentine's Day massacre. We did sort of, we did accomplish that. However, here's the issue. 
Um, for the first time ever, I had an issue with my computer, and I think it was because I just simply wasn't watching it, and the computer fell asleep. So in reality, I lost 20 minutes of audio. I always hear these stories of podcasters who are like, oh, we didn't save the episode, and it got erased. Or, you know, the something happened, and our hard drive got erased. And I'm always like, fuck, I hope that never happens to me. But I did literally lose 20 minutes of audio in our conversation. And it was interesting because it was just as we were going into the conversation about prohibition and the and what and everything leading up to the St. Valentine's Day massacre, which I was really upset about, but it happens. And so, so I, I mean, there's nothing else I can say beyond that, but in the middle, so you're going to hear where the, the, the audio cuts out. I'm going to fill in the gap so you'll hear me for a few moments. It'll get back into the conversation. But Chris is an amazing young lady. It was, I was, I knew that once I got her here and I, you know, we were able to settle, I could get her to talk about herself and, you know, just her life experience being from Chicago, her job, jujitsu. So actually, you're going to hear Chris again because in two weeks, the next episode of the podcast is actually going to be her again. But instead of talking about St. Valentine's Day Massacre and Monsters and all that, we're actually going to be talking about jujitsu specifically. So she's a jujitsu practitioner. She's a blue belt. She's been practicing for about six, seven years. She's amazing. She uh, practices at one of the best schools in the city. So I'm super excited also for that conversation. And that will be coming up um, in in two weeks or so. So thank you so much. Um, that's all I have. I'm sorry. This is, this is always longer than what I intend, but I got to show love and I gotta, I gotta, you know what I'm saying? I was, it, fuck it, man. I gotta show love. That's it. That's all I, that's the only explanation you need. So thank you guys so much for listening. And here is my conversation with Chris Rodriguez. Yes, I'm a baller. I wish I was a little bit taller. All right. You ready? Yep. All right. And away we go. Hello. Hi. How are you? So far, so good. Okay, I'm. I'm. I waited till we start recording tomorrow. Moving everything, like I'm moving everything around. Okay, can you hear me? Oh, you, well, you can't because you're not wearing headphones. I can hear myself. Awesome. I can hear you. <laughs> Welcome to my amazingly beautiful studio apartment. <laughs> hey, I like it. I have a view. You have a great. That's why I was like, whoever the guest is, I always let them. Oh, my God. You can hear the room so much. Um, I hope people don't complain. Like, I always put the guest over there so they can look out the window. And then if, like, someone starts shooting, I'll be the one to get shot. And then... <laughs> Yeah, and I won't see it unless they're directly behind you. No, it's cool. No, there hasn't been a shooting anywhere near me in a long time. I love it. Knock uh, on wood. Love is narrow. Knock on the car table. That works. <laughs> it works, too. So, you, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Dee. <laughs> Anything else you want to tell about yourself? Um, well, let's see. I'm Chris. I'm... Hmm. Are you from Chicago? I am born and raised, and sadly, I have not seen enough of the city. You probably this haven't. is my first time coming this far for personal reasons. That's so sad. Like I've 
was discovering parts of the city when I was on the ambulance, but yeah. still so much undiscovered. Oh, I the, never realized how big this That's where you used to work on ambulance, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we could totally talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued already. Oh, Lordy. Do I have stories? Yeah. Cause you, so what neighborhood are you from? I'm from the originally grown up in Back of the Arts. Oh, really? Yeah. How did I didn't know that. Stockyards. Smells. Mmm. Right. Yum. Not. Um, what high school did you go to? I went to Curie. <gasps> no way. Yeah. I'm learning so much about you just in two minutes. <laughs> Amazing how we've been friends for so long and I, well, yeah. nothing was known. You avoid me. I do not. <laughs> I you're do. just very hard to catch up to because oh, you're so that's true everywhere. I'm so everywhere. Um, so originally from Back of the Yards and then I moved to Westlawn uh, when my mom got remarried and then I moved myself when I got married to what's called Sleepy Hollow. Oh, yeah. I've actually heard of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, I didn't know that's what we were called. Well, <laughs> it's, yeah, there's so many weird names. Right? You, you look on a map or you hear them and you're like, huh? And you look on a map, you're like, because I thought like New City, I thought that was like a new, like a really new term. Mm-hmm. But I found out like that's been used since the 20s. And I was, yeah. like, I was like, oh, like, and it made me a little less mad because only people who ever use it is the city. <laughs> Like all the people use our city officials, and they're like, "Oh yes, new city." I'm like, "It's called back in the yard, you fucking gentrifying son of yeah, a bitch." Yeah, I was. You know? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was a little pissed off when I found out that they were calling it new city. I'm like, "No, that's that's the body, dude. That's back of the yard. Right, like, right. don't be relabeling my shit. fucking gentrifiers." And okay. Then like- <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. Fucking gentrifiers. That's like, what I say. Stay U.S. and Pilsen. I use that off. term a lot. <laughs> Yell at random people. Fucking gentrifier. I'm probably a gentrifier myself. I moved to Woodlawn. Like, <laughs> just moving here. Trust I'm probably me, a gentrifier. I'm not either. I'm far no. from it. I'm. Now you're good. Yeah, you're good. So you went to Curie. I went to Curie for high school. And I'm lucky that I only stayed in one high school because I actually went to three grammar schools oh, wow. growing yeah. up. Uh, yeah. I started in a Catholic school. And then my mom figured out that I was just a slacker and her money was going to waste. So she put me in a public school. And then she got married and that's when we moved. And I did my last year in another public school where I made like one friend and got my first fight. All right. I was like so kind of excited that I got my first fight, but I was really bummed that it didn't, it wasn't really a fight. It was like. A white people's fight? Uh, oh, it was like like some pushing and shoving? Like, just pushing. Just that's pushing. it. Pushing and shoving. <laughs> that's okay. And I got fucking, I got like 30 day in school suspension. They took recess away from me. Oh, yeah. And I was yeah. like, y'all some pussy bitches, really? You got like, to, they turned up on you. I'm like, she was like 90 pounds. And I oh. pushed her and she damn near, you know, went screech in the locker type shit. Well, and you're going to get mad at me? Like, been, she started it. You should have been fighting. Right? <laughs> That's the lesson. As a former teacher, I tell you now, never fight. <laughs> Why not? You know what I used to Like, in my students, I would always discourage fighting. Because I'm like, look, here's reality. You can get into a fight. One of you might slip and fall. That person hits their head on something and dies. Now you're a murder one. And the kids would be like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so don't ever fight. <laughs> and they totally be like, shit, we shouldn't be fighting. And then I was like. They fell for it. Oh, they totally fell for it. And then I'm like, okay. There's no fighting in my classroom because here's what happens. I'm like, you start to get into a fight and then Mr. McGill has to protect you. 
either from each other or from yourself. So, I mean, that can look a lot of different ways. So if you're trying to rip each other's head off and then I'm like, oh, shit, they're trying to kill each other. I might just have to knock one of you over a desk. Who knows who it'll be? And then that person may just knock it up anymore. <laughs> could they just be looking at me like, you would knock one of us over a desk for real, would you? Shit. <laughs> Any chance that one of you, like, motherfuckers. And then, I was like, that when I'm in front of the principal, I'm like, yo, they were trying to kill each other. What'd you want me to do? <laughs> Kids would be like, well, I guess we shouldn't be fighting in this class. No, don't fight. And I've never had a fight in my classroom. Ever. That's a good thing. This I've, is totally great. I've never fought in a class, but I've done a lot of shit in uh, high school. Uh, but I never, I never fought. I'll, I'll admit that I've never fought. I've gotten suspended. Yeah. In school, never out of school, which to me was like, what's the point? Why give me in-school suspension? Like, I, I, I don't want to be here already yeah. to go to class. Well, You're going to make me come anyway? Well, that's why. Because, I mean, letting you sit at home is like a, that's a super vacation. I'm Mexican. Do they realize that staying at home is punishment too? Well. <laughs> clean this. The house better be clean. Back then it might have been. Now it's... <laughs> Because the parents, like me, a lot of the parents are like out, you know, they're working too. So it's like. My, I was, my mom was working, but she'd call me on the hour. And then if I didn't answer, she'd leave a voicemail. And it was a very, you know, descriptive voicemail. Christina, I don't know why you're not answering, but you better have a good goddamn reason to not be answering. I love your this mom phone. And I'm like, I'd call her back. I'm like, Baba was in the bathroom. <laughs> she's like, why did it take you so long? Why couldn't you come to me? I'm like, I was wiping my ass. <laughs> You use that other hand. Get that phone. I'm like, we don't have a cordless phone. So your what mom, do you want me to do? Your mom sounds like my mom. <laughs> Dude, my mom is not one to fuck with. She is super passive. She's super nice to people, but they get real. I know it comes out and, and it don't come out no more, but man, it did. She damn near checked this lady when she went to pick up my report card one day in high school. I'm standing there because I know that I knew my grades were shit. Like, I just knew it because I was lazy. I'm total slacker when it comes to homework and she's waiting for um for my report card in line and this lady was literally standing like breathing down my mom's neck right. and i'm i'm standing out to the sun i'm like lady you about to die like my mom just drove in from fucking northbrook from work and you standing that close you, you don't want to <laughs> make it home and my mom turns around and my mom's all of like five foot two Aww. And she turns around and she's just like, you want to move back? And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just looking at it like, oh, shit. Your mom sounds adorable. <laughs> she is adorable. It's her birthday today, actually. Is it really? Yeah, it is. And she's avoiding her birthday like she always does. We're going to record a message for you leave for your mom. <clears throat> we can do that. I already wished her a happy birthday, but, you know, my mom wants to avoid her birthday. Yeah. I, I, think, I mean, I guess at a certain point. I, I, don't, I don't think I ever will because I love it. I love, like, I'm 40, and I'm loving it so much. I'm like, fuck. Fuck 20 and fuck 30. This is the bomb. <laughs> this, is, this is where I was meant to be. I'm not there be. yet, man. I'm not this there This is where yet. I was meant to be. <laughs> I, I'm not there yet. Like, I'm, like, living how I want to live. Now I'm, oh, yeah. I guess the sex is a little bit, leaves a little to be desired, though. Like, it don't work like it was thinking 20. It just, it don't work like that way no more. You're not as quick to transition. It just don't work like that no more. <laughs> It's I'm not a I'm not ashamed to admit it. It just don't work like that no more. It's like oh oh oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. There are things I couldn't do. 
Now uh, that before I was like, yeah, yeah. now I'm just like, oh, man. Man, uh, Can we skip that part? Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> Can we? Fuck that. Move three. Skip I, move two. I, I end up in the hospital first. <laughs> <Still>. Right? <laughs> Uh, well, well you some know. things we can't do. How old, so, if you're willing to admit it, uh, you, you want to talk age or no? I'm 34. Oh, you're a baby. Okay, cool. I'm not a baby. You're a baby, Simelisimilac. Hell no, I'm not a baby. You <laughs> know, beautiful. there are nurses at work who are like, I'm so tired. I'm so old. I'm like, how old are you? They're like 28. I'm like, shut oh. the fuck up. Oh shit. You still got the placenta. Well, shut the fuck up. They, you know, they, 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 they live hard. I think that's the problem. <laughs> we got hard living. Like, that, well, that's their fault. You get old at 27. <laughs> I read something the, the earlier today that said, it was probably, I'm, I'm bullshit mean, that's probably not even true, but it says you don't, you're not dying the minute you're born. You're, you don't start dying until your cell, you have more cells um, dying than you do reproducing. And that happens at 26. That sounds I was like, well, shit, we're, we really got one foot in the grave at this age. Oh, you know, I always say, like, I've my ideal age to die is 76. And so, That's like, yeah, it, like, I don't want to, you know, like, some people want to live forever. I don't want to live forever. I, I don't want to be. A, I met a woman this summer who was 104. And everyone, like, and literally, this lady was like, isn't that amazing? And I was just shaking my head like, no, no, actually, it is. <laughs> I was like, no, God, actually, no, hell no. Like, Mm-mm. I mean, she's she's self sufficient, you know. F- uh, wow, that's good. F- full control of her faculties, you know. what I'm saying she's a not. A, I won't say. I mean, I don't think there's such a thing as a youthful 104, but she's like, you know, she's there. She's functioning. But I mean, she's she's aware and yes, she's pretty much self sufficient. That's yes. damn fucking good. But I mean, that's just. I don't care. Nobody said this life is just rough. This some shit. And so like a hundred years of this, I'm good. 76. I've seen enough as three quarters of a century. I've seen all the bullshit. I've seen, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel I like I think I've seen, at this point of our lives, we've seen enough of the bullshit. bullshit. But I, you know what I'm saying? I'll just kick it. The last, what? what so five years? I'm good. I'm 40 now. So when I'm 70, my daughters will be, oh shit. 40. <laughs> they'll be 44. You know what I'm saying? If they ain't got kids by then, then fuck them. And then, Seriously, <laughs> D? Fuck them. If they ain't got kids by then, you ain't got to have no kids. Oh, <laughs> you missed the boat. <laughs> trying to think. When I'm 70, how old will my kids be? Let's right. Um, my oldest will be 50. Right. My youngest will be 44. I have a friend. No, 44? 46. 46. Okay. Cause I have a friend. She's like, "Don't you want to see your grandkids?" I'm like, "If they have, if they have had kids by then, they got it. Fuck them." Oh, I would love to see my grandkids, but they, I keep telling my son, "I'm like, you make me a grandma, I'm gonna beat your ass because well, I can't beat hers." Right now, right now, I mean, like, but I yeah. You, but, so no. I mean, to me, that's a perfect age. Hopefully, I can still work it a little bit. Still be having a little fun. You know, the next door neighbor. I don't know. You'll be living it up in the senior home. Oh my! Well, yeah. My I don't know if you listened to the episode with my friend Amy, but like, I guess um, STDs are very prevalent in retirement <laughs> homes. So maybe not. Even, <laughs> but I guess that point don't really yeah, matter. Yeah, I didn't hear that. What's a little? What's a little syphilis between friends? <laughs> yeah, Maud got it from Clive. Fuck who gave it to Sylvia? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So, actually, uh, a great, that's a great segue to <laughs> Valentine's Day just right passed. right there. Right? <laughs> Valentine's Day just passed. 
So how so actually we were talking about it before we started recording. Uh how so you you worked on Valentine's Day, right? I did. I worked on Valentine's Day and I gotta admit it was a little disappointing. Not because it was Valentine's Day, but because I was fully expecting certain types of patients to come in and they didn't. Oh, is that the people with the stuff stuck up there? Yeah. You didn't get any of those? No, I oh, was okay. so bummed. We didn't get any of those. They're getting smarter. Cause I'm you, like, damn it, people. Stick some shit in there. Let's stop go. Stop. yourself. <laughs> Why are you wishing ill on people? Put a condom on it. You can pull whatever you want in your ass. So actually, I was. It, so it was funny because I shared. I think I shared it the day before Valentine's Day. It could have been on Valentine's Day. But I shared it. Um... <clears throat> episode of american sex okay. which is a podcast i listen to and so american sex had a episode about fingering and fisting and so it was about Ow. like hand sex oh, oh stop it whatever the fisting part babies come out of there you're fine um although i will go say in, though. F- fisting and anus kind of that wears me out that's what i'm referring to oh, wow oh yeah but i mean come on you know you're fine you'll be good but yeah i mean you can put whatever up you want up your ass so you know, if you can get a hand up there you're fine but just put you gotta make sure I mean, you gotta make sure <laughs> oh you, whatever it is you can extract it that's the problem right yeah sure tie whatever. something to it that's not gonna break yeah because i know i had a friend who once upon a time who did mris or cat scans cat scans I think. Uh-huh. And she was saying, like, I'm like, do you actually get people? She's like, oh, yeah. She goes, people who put, like, don't put glass in your anus. Oh, if no. it breaks, you're fucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you like, clench that shit? I was like, who puts glass shit in there? She's like, a lot of people. <laughs> oh, I follow a, a page on Instagram, and they show things Bone. that <laughs> people put up there, like light bulbs. Who the hell Okay, I've heard, I've heard there? that. I've actually seen pictures of that. Phones. Um, beer bottles, and then the, the classic line, "I fell on it." Oh God! With your clothes off? <sighs> Yo, hey man, I, I mean, you know what? Come on, now. people do some wild shit. <laughs> if they have that luck to <laughs> fall on it with their clothes right. off, they need to play the lottery. It probably happened. <laughs> I slipped and fell, <laughs> landed on it, and it disappeared. Like, okay. Oh. No, but it was a great episode. I learned a lot. It was about, like, um, well, I guess I really didn't learn a lot because I've, you know, I don't know. Maybe I did. But it was about hand sex and everything. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, just be smart. Got to put a, put a condom on it and a lot of loot. <laughs> yeah, cut your nails. And, oh, so they actually talked about cut that. The women with the stiletto thing. So you can wear gloves and you put cotton balls at the end of the fingers to kind of stop the, you know. Yeah. yeah, and that comes with thought. But let's be honest, a lot of sex happens without thought. Well, I'm not letting somebody with that, with the, with those nails anywhere near. Mm-mm. No, mm-mm. no. Mm-mm. I don't blame you. <laughs> you I can tell when the nails haven't been cut or so, when they've been bit. Uh, so oh, get, I know when you bite your motherfucking nails. So I know when my husband bites his nails. Oh, oh God. Right. I'm like, did you bite your fucking... Is it the, the ring finger? Time. Did you bite the ring finger? Men do it all the time. Drives me up a fucking wall. Men do it all the time. I'm like, you have no, like, consideration for me. Come on, now. I'm like, I love you, and I, I understand that you're trying to do the good stuff, but ow. Well, you know. I'm like, I'm going to bite your shit next time. Oh. <gasps> So we don't do it, but well, the threat alone know. is enough. So, <laughs> so do we? T- did we talk on Valentine's Day? I don't remember. About what? Did we talk on Valentine's Day? Mm, no. Okay. So, because the I the, the reason you're here 
is the St. Valentine's <laughs> Day massacre. Because I was like, well, you know, in Chicago, and if you're going to talk about Valentine's Day, you got to talk about the St. Valentine's Day massacre. And so I'm not like, I'm a former history teacher, but I know very little about history. So. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that sentence makes no sense. <laughs> That's why I taught in public schools, because I'm like. <laughs> I have a horrible memory, and I don't know. So, were you one of those teachers that was like reading the book, like, "Oh yeah, oh check this out"? <laughs> no, no, because I, I mean, like, you know, I, I went to a really good school, and so I mean, it's not like I wasn't taught a lot, but like. <sighs> I'm not saying you weren't taught. It's retention. I, I decided to become a history teacher like really late in the game. So most of my life, I was not the least bit interested in history. <laughs> so then, like of all things, suddenly it was like, oh, I was, and I'm like, oh shit, and then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be teaching this, and then it was like, okay, I got to learn. You know where like some people are history buffs, and they've been history yeah. buffs since they were kids, and they know everything. I'm like, eh, my knowledge is like you're very scant. But fuck, you got Google. I mean, let's do this. <laughs> So it's funny because my kids would be like, I'm like, yeah, so we're going to talk about this event. And it happened on, um, and I looked down, they're like, you don't have it memorized? I'm like, fuck, what, what's, we got Google. <laughs> you know how lucky you are that we have Google. Who memorizes dates? And not the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> like, I know, searching. like, oh, stop it. But I'm like, I know the cause and effect of all these events, but like, when, eh, you know what I'm saying? I guess I'm sorry, I got to remind myself. But yeah, it was, it's good. It's good. There are some things that stick with you, though. Most of my history students were, they liked me. They, they you know, they were good. They learned a lot. Because, you know, it's good. You look like a fun teacher. <laughs> I was. Uh, I don't know. I would be a lot funner now than I was then. I think I'd be better. As long as you're not one of those teachers that just drones on and, you know, Bueller. No, no. Bueller. My, my students will always be like, why are you always so, especially in Chicago, they were like, why are you always so turn up? And I'm like, I don't know. That's just how I am. And I remember one time this girl was like, he can't be turned up all the time. And this other girl was like, actually. <laughs> so she had, she'd seen me like at like six o'clock on like a, you know, a night. Mm-hmm. She was in the school for sports or something. And I guess I was in my room and had music on. I was dancing. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it was like 630 and he had music on, singing at full volume. And I think I saw him twerk. He's always turned up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yep, that sounds about right. Like, well, she that could happen. I'm like, could happen, right? Yeah, I might always be turned up. It's good. Yeah, but you were saying that you had watched a documentary. Yeah, so, so my, tell me about I your enjoy documentary. documentaries. I uh, watched Making the Mob Chicago, and I started watching that after watching Make, Making the Mob New York. Which was really good, especially because they had a lot of like former mob guys on there. And then Ray Liotta was the voice. But like making Ray the mob Chicago was really interesting, especially because it's my city. Yeah. So I was like, ooh. So what? is this on now? Prime? Oh, oh, I don't have Prime. Okay, that's why I'm like, I don't have Prime. That's like the one I don't have. Okay. They got good stuff on there. They do. Yeah. I just kind of found that it popped up on uh, one of the suggestions. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I'm like, I'll dive down this rabbit hole. Let's All go. Right. All right. So let's talk about Mob Chicago. Yeah. So it was actually really interesting. I liked it because I didn't know that, like, how Al Capone got into his position. I didn't know mm-hmm. that he got into his position basically because he started off as a bookkeeper. He was really good with numbers, even though he Mm. didn't really attain much of an education, which I think back then was kind of normal. Yeah. What the fuck? 
You know, they're like, this education isn't getting money for my family. Right. So I got to do what I got to do. And yeah, he basically moved up because he wound up being good with numbers. And he wound up taking over after the guy who moved him out to Chicago. Because he originally started in New York, but they moved Mm -hmm. him. They, you know, took him over to Chicago. And that's where he really kind of flourished. And he really took over being, you know, Al Capone. And he wasn't... Because he was originally a lieutenant. Yeah, he and yeah. he wasn't aggressive before. What made him aggressive is when there was aggression coming at him. That's when he was like, oh, I'm not standing for this shit. Oh, I'm he sure. Found, he let his balls drop, basically. Oh, behave yourself. Me? <laughs> behave yourself. Why, no. Why can't I be like that? Why, he, why can't you just be laid back? Because he was a baby, and just then he let his balls drop, and he, was, he started swinging bats at heads and shit. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I, I always try to to. I always wonder, like, I, if I could go back in time, I would love to. I mean, obviously, they wouldn't like like let me hang out because I'm black. But if I could go back in time and. <laughs> Like it's always like whenever you talk about history, I'm always like, well, there's was, that little factor. So I taught at uh, Richard's Career Academy in Back of the Yards, which okay. has a lot of at the time Mom went there. Yeah, I had a lot of uh, Latino kids and mm-hmm. black kids, you know. So when you're talking about history, you're talking about these different places and different times. And I'm like, oh, you know, so it's like 1934. And I'm like, oh, if you could go back in time, I'm like, well, let's first keep in mind, um, they wouldn't let you hang out because you're black. Uh, the Mexicans were still in Mexico. Like, 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 like you or had, Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, you hadn't even quite made it to Chicago yet. Like, you know, it was, it would be funny too, because even kids would be like, we've talked about the history of Chicago, right? For example. And they'd be like, where are all the Mexicans at? I'm like, y'all ain't make it yet. Y'all, <laughs> y'all have not even made it this far yet. You're good. Yeah. You're still hanging out, right? We're but still no, south. You're still, right? You haven't made it this far. But no, it was, you know, great. But like, I wish I could go back in time and just kind of like see. Like what that was like, you know what I'm saying? Like that. Yeah, life, I would have amazing. loved to have been a fly on the wall just for oh, a lot man. of eras. Like, in, I would have loved to have witnessed the 20s in through like the 50s. Oh, oh, for and sure. then just stop there. I don't. I wouldn't have wanted to be 60s. And, just 20s through 50s. You don't want to see the craziness. That's when it comes. Like, nope. it really pops off. <clears throat> I think I'd be a little too much. Yeah, <laughs> too much realism. I think it'd be a little too. <laughs> My history just got too real. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It, it'd be too much for me. I, I went. Think. I went to a um, Martin, I went to an MLK Day event, and it was really interesting because it had a cor- learning corner that had a reenactment of a lunch counter and a bus Ooh. in the '60s in the South, and so they had like signs that said "whites only," and it was like. And I was like, okay, this is going to be, you know, having been a history teacher, I'm like, this is going to be super interesting. It was so, it got so uncomfortable so fast. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. But this lady was like, and the lady was black. So it wasn't like, it was like, a, like I think it would have been just off the chain if it had been a white woman, you know? It was black lady. And she was like, excuse me, son, you can't sit here because you're not white. And the kid was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> he like jumped up. And she's like, no, wait, come back. And, you know, so she could teach, you know, kind of talk through. The yeah, thing. why? You know, and it was interesting because then like kids, you know, especially modern kids, you know, and they're like, like one girl was like, I'm going to sit here even if you don't want me to. And the lady was like. Oh, and then the hoses come out. I'm like, well, <laughs> this is the point where the police come in. <laughs> 
drag you out of here. Well, you think police brutality is bad right. now. Lock you up. And then they come back later, right, with their little hoods on and they, they get you for sassing, right? You kind of have, you know, and it was interesting to have these talks with kids about, like, the reality of only, what, mm-hmm. is that 80 years ago? Is it? Like 70, 70, 80 years ago? Right? Like the reality of. Yeah, about 80. I'm like, because, you know, some of them, your grandparents are like, you know, in their 70s or their mm-hmm. 80s, you know, some of them not. Some of them, their grandparents are younger. But I'm like, you know, the reality is like not too long ago, right? This was the norm. You, right. You definitely had to watch what you say, you know. I was actually watching a video yesterday and they were talking about like the Jim Crow laws and they were saying like in some places, it was even like you couldn't step on a white man's shadow. Well, yeah, like, they were ridiculous like that, with that stuff. That's off the chain. <laughs> the guy sitting next to me looked up was like, what? Yeah, like that means certain times of day were really fucking hard. You, you, better, you better buy your piece of cues, dog. And it was actually the movie was because it actually talked. Uh, it, I wrote it down specifically because it talked about prohibition. Um, so the, actually, I wrote down. I remember the name of the movie is The Union, the, the business behind getting high. So it was. <laughs> So what am I, dude? Let me Way tell to, you. Like put three different things together. Let dude. me tell you how amazing it is to sit in a classroom and talk about cannabis for like two hours, and then like and was, not be all hush hush. It was like in the first class I took. So okay, so I'm sorry for my listeners. Um, I started school this week, and I'm and going not to not your regular school, right? Well, <laughs> is that a accredited? It's actually Chicago uh, City Colleges of Chicago, Olive Harvey College. I'm getting my basic basic certificate in cannabis dispensary operations. Did you almost say baking? <laughs> yes, you did. Didn't you? I heard that. But and so <laughs> I'm taking five classes. I'm taking intro to cannabis. I'm taking intro to business customer service operations um uh, cannabis and the law and oh what's the other one um which one am i missing cannabis and the law intro to cannabis growing or customer oh yeah and dispensary operations is the fifth one so i'm taking five classes and (laughs) The first class was intro to cannabis and I'm sitting there for about, you know, 10 minutes and all those other students are, are like getting there and settling in. I'm like, um, I don't think, I don't think some of these kids and it's not even kids. Like most of them are, you know, my age or, you know, around there's a couple 20 year olds, you know, but I'm like, I don't think it, some of these cats don't need intro to cannabis because they smell like cannabis already. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, um, I'm like, I think maybe they need the pure strain, dude. I'm almost certain like the first. So Friday I had a contact high from I was like, it's a little strong. Like there's no windows. Like it's it's a little little hungry. I'm like, it's a little strong in here. I got like a little dizzy because I don't really like people think I smoke like because I talk about smoking. I I love cannabis. I prefer cannabis to drinking any day. I smoke maybe once a year. Maybe. I do <laughs> like, so it's like at all so like you know i have no tolerance and like literally just sitting there i was like oh i'm a little i was like getting a little woozy i was like oh shit <laughs> this is what the next 12 weeks gonna be like <laughs> pretty much <laughs> but but saturday early in the day it was the same thing but by saturday afternoon because my saturday is from 8 30 to 4 45 right it's all day so like by the end of the day though i was like oh okay cool we're good okay you know <laughs> <laughs> straight like the woozy this had gone away you know so 
Yeah, it's good. But uh, the movie, yeah. So the business behind getting high and it's talking about the history, kind of history of cannabis. And in it, um, they talked about, uh, you know, the prohibition of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, so like fascinated by that. But in it, they were kind of talking through the history. They were saying how like, you know, and in the South, you know, and they were uh, growing hemp and, you know, marijuana is a crop, blah, blah, blah. But they were saying like, also the the other social aspects and they were saying like for example looking twice at a white woman oh yeah <laughs> and the, the guy sitting next to me was young and he looks over and was like what i said yo twice g don't do it. <laughs> i was back there cracking up because i've read all this before but i was like twice don't do it Mm-mm, no and they were like and stepping on a white man's shadow no don't do that Isn't it fact of how like the younger generations are learning about this and they're so shocked <sighs> well like, yeah. maybe it's just you know Me, what? I'm I'm like really bad, like, bad history. You know what? I won't even say bad history teachers. I totally take that back. I think it's in, just the in the age now. History is really not a subject anymore, and really? most most parents don't really know that a history class is really a reading class. Right? History is now under Common Core. History is considered like an ELA class, English language uh ELA well I can't even think what the A stands for but history class is really an extension of English class now right you're teaching the kids to comprehend um documents and reading Hmm. in a slightly different way because English classes tend to focus on fiction whereas the history class is tending to focus on nonfiction, right however you're not really digging like the the importance of a history class is no longer to understand history so it's just to read and to understand like how to pull the main point out of a news article how to disappointing so a lot of history classes don't get deep into history you know they really don't like good teachers do because you know you kind of find your ways to manipulate the the system right to Mm -hmm. to to do because i mean history is always going to be reading but like the focus is never really that in the eyes of the administrators so it takes a really good teacher to be like, I'm digging into the history. And so I think that's what happens in a lot of classes that, you know, you don't get into extensive talk about Jim Crow laws. You don't get into extensive talks about, you know, all those things. So, you know, to but to me, which that's always and I, I always brought that stuff in my classroom because to me, that's the fascinating stuff. Right. Yeah. The fact that if you were black and you looked at a white woman and someone saw you look at her and they saw you look at her again, they would tell the cops. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at her good. That motherfucker's done, you know. <laughs> Done. And that to me is fascinating, you know, especially because it was not that long ago. And I think that's the big thing. It's hard for. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago for us. Right. But how, it was ancient. So if you're. Times. How, how old is your, how old is your mom? My mom is today 57. Okay. So she's, so she's young. Is your, are your grandparents still around? Oh, hell yeah. So your grandparent, right? So they're, you're talking maybe 70. No. 60s? No. 80, my grandpa is 92. Oh, so older. Okay. And my grandma's 87? 86? Oh. 86. Okay, so so older. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. So, like, they, you know, definitely, you think about, like, when they were born. And oh, then, I like, do. Right. Like, when when we're talking, like, prohibition and all that, I'm always thinking, wait, how old was my grandpa? Right. Damn. Right, right, right. Grandpa, was you get were you sneaking a drink? Okay, <laughs> my little bourbon to go to sleep. And it's interesting because because my, my my grandparents were all gone by the time I think was sixteen, and like now I'm at an age um, where like I can appreciate though you know I can appreciate those stories now 
But yeah. they're gone, you know? And so it's like, oh. So I'm always interested when I meet older people and I'm just like, fuck. Like, what was it like? <laughs> Where yeah. were you? All right. As I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, so I literally lost 20 minutes of this audio. We were just getting into a conversation about prohibition. And, you know, like most of the conversations that you're going to hear in Off the Beaten Podcast, this conversation was so robust. I don't, you know, I, I try not to box in. Uh, the people I conversate with, you know what I'm saying? We go from left to right, up, down, roll around a couple times, and we're back where we, you know, really wanted to be, you know. I mean, it's just, it's very natural. And so the conversation was so robust. Uh, Chris was talking about her grandmother, and I, it, was, it was interesting because she was just saying how wonderful her grandmother is and how, you know, much of a hard worker she is and kind of, you know, just everything that, that makes her grandmother who she is. And I'm so sad that we, and we missed, uh, we you missed that portion of the conversation. She also was talking about her uh, grandfather and, uh, and, and yeah, and I do apologize, but we started going into prohibition and we were talk, kind of talking about just why prohibition was a bad idea. I mean, and, and prohibition gave rise to um, to the bootlegging and the bootlegging to the speakeasies and the speakeasies and the bootlegging led to the gangs and the crime and this like spike in violence and you know a lot of the thought is that you know a big part of the uh, temperance movement and the prohibit prohibition of the alcohol was to you know keep people from drinking and to keep the men at home and you know people save their money and all these different aspects and the reality is like all that went out the window because now the men can go hang out at the speakeasy and spend all their money alcohol is way more expensive because you know it's being ran illegally and just all of the issues around prohibition and then i brought up the idea of how prohibition of alcohol is can easily be viewed um, in similar aspects as the prohibition of marijuana which right now obviously in here in chicago especially is the talk of the town we just legalized recreational use um, in january of this year and you know the prohibition of marijuana is stupid and has been stupid for a long long time obviously and now you know we are throwing out cases of people who've been in prison people have spent years in prison because of marijuana and it's just dumb and it's stupid and everything around that the prohibition was just you know not a great idea and actually, I, I don't remember actually now off the top of my head if you hear this in the conversation, but I bring up a documentary that you can watch on YouTube, which I highly recommend, but it's called The Union. And it's the big business of getting high. And it talks about the history of marijuana. It, it obviously has its own opinion about marijuana. So, you know, it's not like a completely unbiased WTTW documentary, but it's super informative. And I totally recommend you check it out so that was kind of a lot of what you missed in this in the, in the 20 minutes i summed it up for you very nicely i do apologize i'll be much more mindful of these things in the future you learn you know you learn and so i'm learning and i appreciate you all so you're gonna get right back to the conversation where we come in actually chris is talking about her husband and right after she kind of talks about her husband we get into talking about the actual saint valentine's day massacre which occurred in chicago in February 14th of 1929. So, here you go. Thanks. I work expert. Uh, I was at her house delivering Krispy Kreme donuts when I was uh, 
bring all the there were donuts. 37 <laughs> dozen donuts that had been ordered. Oh, that's um, right. I had taken her donuts and she's like, Chris, you never uh, tell me about your husband. And I'm like, what's there to say? He puts up with me. He does put up with you. I'm like, we've been together almost. We've known each other since 2002. Been together since 2003 with, you know, some hiccups in between. I'm like, and he's still here. So, that's kudos to that motherfucker. Kudos to that motherfucker. That's what I was <laughs> like, telling you. I am not easy to put up with. I know that. No matter what you can say, your but spouse has put up with your shit. He's still here. <laughs> Hell yeah, he's put up with my head. Like, I, I don't know if you heard my last episode. That was me and, because the last episode was about divorce. No, I didn't listen I'm so to sorry. It I don't know why I get stuffed. I get stuffed up and I don't know why. It happens at night. So, we're... Um, but I was telling uh, Maria was the guest and I was like, I got to find somebody to put on my shit. Like, that's the problem. Like a weekend. They're like, fuck this motherfucker and fuck his baggage. And I'm like, but I'm nice though. <laughs> He's so nice. See, I'm not. I'm, I I think you're delightful. I think you don't give yourself enough credit. Maybe that's it. It's just, you know, and, I'm a very. And he thinks you're delightful or he wouldn't sell me around. Uh, he's in it for the assets. Or he's in it for the assets. Okay. Yeah, because I've had him. Since he met me, he—I mean—he'll even tell you the first time we met, he ignored me. Like I walked up to him, like literally <laughs> right up to his fucking face, and I'm like, "Hi, hi," and he's looking right over the top of my head because he's six foot three, oh, and man. I'm, you know, at the time I was five four, so he was looking right over my fucking head, <laughs> and I'm like, "Hi," I even fucking waved my my um, hand in front of his face. I'm like, "Hi." And finally, he looked down, and it just so happened that I was wearing this, like, pale yellow, sleeveless kind of v-neck um, top. Mm-hmm. And from his angle, he saw straight down. Oh, cute. And he was like, hi. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, me. Been talking to you for a minute. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, and even he says, he's like, not gonna lie, all I saw was tits. I'm gonna say, hey, man. And you had me at tits. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter why. Yeah, just, and he's like, and then you walked away and he had me at ass too. I was like, okay. See? I, I like that's that. that's all I needed. I like, like an honest man. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, why did it take everybody else so long though? I'm like, I, I like guess that. I'm glad that you noticed it not anybody else. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Weird. People always ask, are you guys high school sweethearts? I'm like, uh, yes and no. Like, yeah, we are because we met in high school, but we didn't go to the same high school. Oh, okay. Totally different high school. Yeah. Like I went to Curie, he went to Bronzeville. Oh, there was a oh there is okay. CMA Bronzeville. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's a different name now, but what is it now? Isn't it a different name? Oh, I think it's a different name. I mean, he graduated like sixteen years ago. Oh, I yeah, don't I think know. it's a different. Name. I don't know if the name changed. <laughs> it. That's like Austin High School. It went through like five name changes. Now it's Austin High School again. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh shit! Hey, hello, welcome back. <laughs> oh, okay. So I don't even see that. You're so I know fa- we're we're you're really so fabulous. I love you. We segue, <laughs> but okay. So <laughs> what else? We're gangsters. Tell me more about the gangsters. Okay. So let's try to focus, refocus, right? Because we haven't um, even got to the damn massacre yet, <laughs> right? Okay. So uh, yeah. So the whole massacre happened from what I remember. Oh. Wait, wait, let's What's go back that? for a minute. Did the did the special because my favorite was the leader of the Northside Gang because and I actually learned this recently. His name was Dean O'Bannon. Yeah. Did they talk about Dean? O'Banion. O'Banion, yes. Uh-huh. But his nickname was Gimpy. Was who? Gimpy. Kimby? Gimpy. 
Gimpy. Gimpy. Listen. No, they didn't. They didn't mention that hard. in the fucking thing. So his nickname was Gimpy because, oh, he, God. which I, I I didn't know there was a term for this, but he used to ride. He was riding on the bumper of a bus. I think it was either bus or like a trolley. One of the two. I can't remember which. That's when they actually had big bumpers. When they had the big right. So it was called bumper. It was called bumper riding. Mm-hmm. And so he was bumper riding, and oh, what whatever it? happened, he fell off and ran over his leg. And so, because of it, his I thought that's it left. One of his legs was an inch shorter than the other, and he had a he had a limp. So he they called him Gimpy. But they were like, if anyone ever called him Gimpy, like he beat the shit out of him. Like they were like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't remember them talking about the nickname in the documentary. But for whatever reason, and this was why, because I thought his name was Dion, because the papers would call him one of his nicknames. It was like Dean, Deany uh dino but then one of his nicknames was dion so like if you look like at old documentaries like like pre 2000 they all call him dion o'banion because that's what the newspapers used to call him yeah for whatever reason but he's my favorite obviously because yeah he's, he was name. o'banion he started it and then uh yeah i i remember that they were like at war and all that and this was by the time capone took over because his mentor had gotten basically shot point blank like yeah, and lived six times or something right. and then at the seventh the gun jammed and he, and he, he yeah he lived and he took that as a sign he's like i'm out he's I'm, like, done. I'm out this motherfucker it's all yours so it's al capone and and then because O'Banion. o'banion was gone o'banion had been murdered um in the flower at shop floor, yes. at, his floor, at his flower shop and then uh his Second in command, who took over, got murdered Ooh, right outside. Careful of the table. Oh, I'm sorry. Got murdered right outside <laughs> the flower shop. Oh, okay. Yeah, they like. Uh, was that the handshake murder? I can't remember because I, I was looking up Dean O'Banion's murder, and they okay. didn't really go into details about it. But no, it was they basically just like Capone hired his best guys and told them. Oh go kill him they walked in the flower shop because they knew because what they, what they did was how they tricked him was they knew that o'banion handled his big or his own his own his, orders his own orders when they were big in size he handled right. them his, himself because he's a perfectionist right you know his name was on it so they okay. ordered something really fucking big knowing he'd be there sent his best guys best yeah. guys walked in and lit him up but they didn't go in did they go into any more detail in the documentary than that not that I remember. Because I remember. They might have. But... O'Banion always carried guns on him. Yeah. And they, but not when he was working at the flower shop. No, when he was at the flower shop, they said he actually had a gun with six with six bullets in it on him. So that's why, because I was looking this up today to see if I could find it and I couldn't find it. But the, the, I remember either reading or seeing in a documentary previously that O'Banion was killed because the two guys went in and there was a there was a witness. Mm. So the witness worked for him and mm. said that when the two guys came in, he was being very friendly with him with them. So the guy was like, oh, it's, you know, customers, whatever. And he goes in the back room. Then he hears gunshots. So they were saying that the way they killed O'Banion was one of the guys came in and shook his hand like, oh, hey, how you doing? And when he shook his hand because the gun was in his right pocket, he held the hand. The other person pulled out his gun and O'Banion couldn't. Yeah, react it to didn't it. go into detail. And because they do a reenactment. Yeah, and even yeah, yeah. in the reenactment, that wasn't it was just, the case. It, well, in the reenactment, they walked in and there was you see someone in the background, yeah, yeah, yeah. like in the back room. Yeah. But O'Banion's in the front doing the arrangement. Uh, 
because there's more space apparently. Mm-hmm. And they just walked in and straight lit him up. He got shot in the face before boy. he could, because I guess he recognized the two people that walked yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as he went to go reach for a gun, which was not on his person in the oh, reenactment. Okay, okay. They let him up before he could reach it. And they say um, he got shot in the face five times. Huh? He got shot in the face five times. Yeah. That's fucked up. Even if he had lived, I would have wanted to die. Oh, shit. He would not. Nah, that's done. That's <laughs> Even done, if I had, I That's a done deal. Um, and then, yeah, his second in command who took over, uh, Capone hired his guys again. I guess he flew in someone from New York who was like, uh, like a sharpshooter. Oh, wow. And had them camp out outside the flower shop because, you know, now that they knew that Capone's guys were ballsy enough to walk into the flower shop, mm-hmm. they had men standing outside to protect, and they camped out there for like five fucking days waiting for the guy to come out. And the guy finally came out, and he was all confident and shit because, you know, like five days had gone by and he hadn't been hit yet. He walked out a little too cocky, took that extra second to light a cigarette, and he got lit up too. Oh, that's so fucked up, man. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, see, complacency kills. You know, it's 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 so interesting to me because <clears throat> kind of everything since then has been always based around that, right? Like like um the idea of a modern gangster is always fashioned after those dudes. But very like very rarely has it in I mean, in 2020, I don't think we see like that kind of like, Mm-mm. you don't see that, right? Like a cat's walking into a flower shop and just, got, you know, like, the, I mean, the drive-by shooting, obviously a big thing here in Chicago and it kind of always has been, but like, it's just. Yeah, amazing. but that wasn't like the drive-by shootings, I don't think are the same as they were back then. Cause no, back no. then they didn't do drive-by shootings. They would just pull up. Hop out and light you up and oh, then take yeah, off. Yeah, they were. They were. They're like, rough. I want you to see me. You want to? Mm-hmm. You're gonna know who's killing you. So, so, um, how much did the documentary talk about the St. Valentine's Day massacre? It talked about the setup, and the execution. Oh, let's do it. Let's talk. Tell me about it. So the setup was that you know the O'Banion got killed, his second in command got killed, and so then there was the last guy, Bugs Morant. He was all that was left. Bugs. And um, <laughs> the whole thing between the north side and the south side was the distribution of alcohol. Basically, that that's all it was, the yeah. distribution of alcohol. Prohibition was in full effect, and they would fight over territory. <clears throat> so how Capone set it up was he placed a big order. I don't know what this guy's really sneaky, but he, he likes to place big orders to trick people. You know, it's perfect though. It's it like, is. Oh shit! You right? think he would have learned? Because they're in a good mood. They're expecting business. They're like, oh shit, we're about to make this shit happen. You'd think. And then okay, right? <laughs> you'd think, oh, big order. Oh wait, my boss got killed on a big order. <laughs> but no, genius never figured it out. So they placed a big order, and the order was supposed to arrive at his warehouse, mm-hmm. and. Capone had his hand on a lot of pots. He had his hand in the PD. So he bought off a couple cops and got their uniforms, gave them to his guys. And they were supposed to, you know, show up after the shipment when all of Bugs Moran's main guys would be there. Mm -hmm. And Bugs Moran was supposed to be there too. But apparently he was running late. Mm -hmm. So Capone's guys, you know, quote, unquote, raided 
the warehouse because they came in looking like cops and while they're inside and they're lining up all the bad oh i shouldn't say bad guys but the north side gang they're lining them up all against the wall bugs showed up and he saw that the cops were there because it was cop cars so he's like yeah my guys are just gonna have to get pinched and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna hang out so he basically was thinking he's gonna let his guys take the fall i just i think of the whole story that's the one thing because i like you know like looking at that gets glossed over yeah like he was like yeah i'm gonna let them take the fall fuck it I thought that was really funny. I'm like, so you're just gonna let you guys get pinched? I mean, I I understand. I get I do. It. I get it. But, but at the same time, like, you can't say that you'll if you're ride or die for your guys. If, you if let it, them get pinched. If it right, if it had been legit and they did get busted, whatever. But like, yo, bugs, did you see that? Somebody said you was outside, dog. Right. Oh um, no. <laughs> that was that was bullshit. In my oh, opinion, no. that was bullshit. Um, so they're inside and. Eventually, they, the Northside gang was like, are you going to arrest us or what? Are you going to arrest us or what? And that's when another one of Capone's guys walks in and they basically just pick up their little machine guns and light them up. Like no words were spoken, nothing. They just lit them up. And one guy, one guy managed to survive. Mm-hmm. And I think they just left him there. That was, uh, I actually wrote this down, uh, his name. It was Frank Gusenberg. I love all these dudes' names. It was because it was Frank and Pete Gusenberg were there. Yeah. And there was supposed to be a third Gusenberg. But he was, <laughs> you really like that name. Like, I don't know if these dudes were brothers or what, but it was like three Gusenbergs. But he didn't, he was late with Bugs. So when Bugs saw, and he was like, oh, shit, the cops. He runs. Goosenberg's like, oh, shit, the cops. He mm-hmm. runs. And they went to a coffee shop <laughs> to, right? sit, to sit and chill. Let's go have some coffee while our guys get pinched. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that guy wound up living. And then when the real cops showed up, they asked him, you know, who shot you? And this dude, in true gangster fashion, he's like, no one. No one shot me. Like. Dude, you're riddled with fucking holes. How are you going to say no one shot you? That dude was shot 14 times. Like, what? The ghost shot you? 14 times. It was like shot. It was coincidence. Nobody in honor of St. Valentine, right? Yo, you know what? Of all everyone in this story, there's the real motherfucker. Frank Gusenberg. <laughs> I salute you. I'm going to hold my cup up to Frank Gusenberg. Right? That's the real gangster right Who there. shot you? Nobody. Nobody. And he died you. three hours later. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> I'm man, oh, those God. three hours must have sucked though. Like, um, can you imagine? No, no, I've never been shot, and I hope never to be. And I never have either. No. I mean, they've whizzed by and shit, but I've no, never, right. never. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And you've been closer to bullets than I have. That was like in Afghanistan. That was my biggest fear. I'm like, please don't let me get shot in this motherfucker. I'm like, if you if you hit an IED or something like that, I'm like, it'll be quick. You'll like, you know, what I'm saying you'll never before realize you realize it. it, it's over. Done. Please don't let me. I that was, and I actually went. It was it was actually I went on a mission and when we uh to a cob, which was like a, a like a, a small base. Okay. And when we got there, they really didn't need us. And so that's actually, it's funny because the end of the story is how I discovered the show How I Met Your Mother because we literally sat for five days watching How I Met Your Mother, watched a whole series, five days. Because you weren't needed? Because we weren't needed. They took us on this mission and we got there. They were like, oh, we really don't need you guys. So the, the, per, the, the person in charge is like, if you want to go, you can't. And I'm like, oh, just go traipsing out into the mountains. No, I'm good. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so we never went. And then the second day they went out on a mission, uh, we had Romanian soldiers with us. And one of the Romanians got shot. Yeah, and but they're, they're one, like tough ass. Oh, one Romanian got shot and one Afghan got shot. And so they brought them, you know, they brought them back to base. They, you mm. know, rushed them back. And so I, I, we were there when they were kind of taking them out the truck. And I was like, God, please don't ever let that happen to me. Like, that's all I was thinking. I was like, please, please mm-hmm. don't let that ever happen to me. Please. I think that might have been because, you know, they always say like there's no there's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. I'm pretty certain that's the only time my entire deployment actually did say God. Well, I was like, please, God, don't let me get shot. <laughs> please. Anything else. Uh, dying is one thing, but getting shot. Uh, mm, I'm not tough enough yeah, for that. I'll no. be the first one to say it. So, yeah. So, no, never. Nope. Hopefully never. But man, Knock on Frank's the car table. A, Frank's a badass. They have all them holes in him, Yo, and still no one, no one shot. shot me. Nobody shot him. Um, but, <laughs> Done. Sorry. but uh, yeah, going back. So, Bugs basically lost all his guys. Yeah, he did. And after that, he didn't have the manpower to retain his territories on the north side, so he wound up losing it. And Capone's head got even bigger, and he took over. Yeah. And I think. Honestly, I think the St. Valentine's Day massacre is what led to Capone's mental downward spiral. You think so? I think so. I think him acquiring that much power was too much. Was too much. I think he got that ego complex or God complex, whatever it's called, and it just was downhill from there. Well, I mean, I'm sure you run if you run Chicago. I'm pretty sure you got some. You got some issues. <laughs> I'm in charge now. The fuck? You know, it's almost like that. It's almost like that argument that, like, if the ba- if Batman ever killed the Joker, like, what would he do? Right? Yeah. Like, what would you do without me? You'd go crazy. You'd be sitting at home all day, like, fuck. There's nothing left to do. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, but so, um, yeah. Uh, but the, so the shooting was in 1929. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking today, and Capone actually went to jail like two years later. So he didn't have a lot of time. No, he like, didn't. Yeah. But man, those two years, he lived it up like oh, prostitutes sure. and cocaine galore. Oh my god! And he went to jail, <laughs> and he did, he, did st- he do coke? Yeah. Oh, I well, because back then cocaine was like was, in medicine. It was a medicine. Yeah, it was in everything. Yeah. It wasn't. That's what they should have prohibited. Um, <laughs> coke, it was in everything. It was the norm. Like people doing co- cocaine was oh, like yeah. having a slice of cake. Well, because I remember I was reading the story because I was always um, uh, like they even said like like Sigmund Freud would have his ring that had the coke in it, mm-hmm. like, the snuff, and he <laughs> just like a bump, <laughs> like, a little bump. I've never have you. Ever, okay, I'm not gonna ask you that on here. Like, <laughs> so, never mind. Um, I have never done cocaine, <laughs> but but. Um, I've, I've, I've had friends. I probably still have. I don't know. But I've had friends who do cocaine recreationally. And that just. Recreationally? Yeah. It horrifies. It, like, oh, it Lord. Terrifies me. Um, but yeah. Like, I, like I. I did shit I've, when I was younger. I have friends who do it recreationally. And I didn't, I didn't, I did shit when I was younger and I didn't see the point of yeah. it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I've never done anything that hard. Like, uh, I'm not sniffing anything on my nose. I'm definitely not using a needle. Oh um, no, no needles. No, no needles. But um No no. You know. 
But I mean, yeah, I guess it's. I mean, you know, you always think about cocaine being like that, like drug for the rich, rich people. And I mean, like, I'm sure a lot of, I mean, a lot of, we know a lot of actors do it. A lot of, you know, people in Hollywood. So. Yeah, but I didn't see the point of it. Like, it doesn't really do anything. I think a lot of people use cocaine to counteract other drugs. <laughs> like that's why like you know it's like people like oh i took too much of this let me get a little bump of the cocaine they like bring me back up right i'm taking too many downers so i mean i don't know i've never done it cocaine is an upper oh yeah Hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. because i remember the first time i was ever offered cocaine i was actually clubbing with some friends we were like literally like going to club 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 so it we, is a club drug yeah and we went back to uh one of the people's houses and then they were like you want some coke and i'm like no (laughs) d who's usually uh, down for everything right i'm like um no and the funny part was if i ever was going to do it there probably would have been the like the time i'm trying to to hook up with this girl and i was just like oh you know but i'm like no i'm good and so they did it and we went to another club and then i went home and they were like partying to like six in the morning so they were they were doing their thing so but i think ecstasy would be stronger than coke did and I've, one little pill lasts you I've a lot longer. I've done that and I hated it. It was horrible. It was horrible. So I'll never do that again. <laughs> it no. it was it was very. Uh, I felt very much like Smokey. Okay. Very right. much like Smokey. Very like Smokey. Yeah. All right. And then uh, the lockjaw afterwards was fucking horrible. Yeah, yeah. My my experience was really. It started like like it started like the first half hour was good. Everything after that was just bad. And it was just like I'll never do this again. It, so, it's it was because it cooks all your like that cooks all serotonin out of your brain, right? Oh, like, like ecstasy. I don't honestly, I don't know. It, it, the experience itself, it you know, wasn't bad to begin with, but then it took a turn. Right, and that's what it was like for me. And after that, it was just you know bullshit. Yeah, I was like <laughs> bullshit. Like so, now I'm stuck in an apartment, basically waiting. How long does this shit last? Yeah, yeah, it was bogus. Like, yeah, it was bogus. I wouldn't do it again. Mm-hmm. I would, I would do mushrooms. I would do DMT. Never did mushrooms. I would do ayahuasca. Never I, did that. Either. I would do anything that was a plant. I'm not doing no shit that was made in the laboratory, straight out. You know what I'm saying? Like, like anything that was in a beaker, <laughs> swished around. I'm good. I, if it if it was once on a tree, I would kind of hang out with it. Well, I guess cocaine. What? Right? Cocaine yeah. comes from a. Yeah. It's a plant. No, I'm good. I'm but it's good. a plant that's been processed through a lot Hard, of chemicals. Hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, because I remember, um, I think I only saw them ever once. But in Afghanistan, you see the poppy, the poppy fields. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, because they use the poppies to make all kind of like drugs yeah. and shit. But I, I saw like one poppy field. Because I know like they, that was a big thing. Like people kill. The Afghan police would kill farmers who stop them from stealing the poppy and shit like that. Like, yeah, drugs no, are hardcore. That's... Drugs make oh, you sorry. do some crazy shit. Yeah, I'm good. So, okay, so Moran's dead. The Capone goes to jail. Moran's not dead. Oh, no, Moran's still around. Moran's alive. He just right. doesn't have the manpower. Yeah, he's he's off. So he's got to oh. sit back and just let it happen. Although I did read. So, What's that? Um, what was it? Moran, um, it's believed that he, so the whole, the whole cause one of the causes, not the whole cause. One of the causes, two of the causes of the St. Valentine's Day massacre was an attempted assassination okay. on um, Jack McKern. Okay. 
mm-hmm. who was one of Capone's guys. And then Moran. Yeah, put, in the phone booth. Yes. And then Moran put a $50,000 hit out on Capone. And so Capone was like, fuck it. Just kill everybody. And so that led to the thing. But about six years later, Moran uh, McGurn was shot and killed in a movie theater. And it was always believed that Moran was the guy who killed him. But they never could prove it. And he was never charged. But McGurn, the guy who, one of the guys who did the hit. Mm-hmm. Was, was yeah, shot. he wanted to be there because he was making a phone call in the phone booth when and two guys walked up and tried to kill him. Tried to oh, kill. these dudes were these dudes. What were, I don't get is like, like how do you fuck up killing somebody at that close of a distance? Yeah, man. Like that, and then um, when they tried to kill Capone's <laughs> guy, like you're right there. Yeah. How do you fuck that up? Yeah, well, we knew it happens. Like, clearly, Moran's like the Northsiders. Their guns were shit. They were they if yeah. they can't kill anybody with them. And all, did the so the documentary too? Did it talk about this? Because I was I was watching like a video, and they're saying that Moran was the guy who brought the Tommy gun to Chicago. No, it didn't say anything. Not that I remember. It okay. Didn't say anything about that. Like I was reading that it was. But I wouldn't be surprised. It was. It, I don't know where it was made, but wherever it was made, they said Moran was there, and he mm. was like, "Oh shit!" And he brought it. He brought like the first ones to Chicago, and then after Capone and and his guys saw like the, what it could do, they were like, "Fuck!" I believe that because that would have absolutely changed the game. That changed the game. I Tom, got there on that Thompson yeah. submachine gun. <laughs> that would have. Had they had that when they tried their assassinations, that was me. Sorry. That's okay. Had they tried that when they tried their assassinations, they might have worked. Done, done. Might have yeah. worked. Done. That's wild. I, I, I'm so so. Yeah. So that was Valentine's Day in 1929, mm-hmm. and um, my grandpa man. was one year old. Oh, and I looked up. <laughs> so actually now, um, so the location of the the garage where the the assassination yeah the massacre happened was 2122 north clark street so i actually looked that up in my phone what and is it kept it now it kept coming up as 2123 so 2123 is a building mm-hmm. next to the building is at least on google maps right now is a vacant lot but i've been told that 2122 is actually the building because they, because I think it was the Sun Times did an article about it. So, but it's it's not a garage anymore. But you can still go there, right? It's still on, yeah. it's on Clark Street. Um, it's actually not far from a uh, Francis Xavier School. So <laughs> it's right there. Um, but yeah, if anybody wants to go check it out, you can totally go check out the location. And, and actually, like all these locations, you can actually look up where Dean O'Banion's uh, flower, flower shop, shop was. Like you know, and go. There's, I mean, none of those the locations The is still around. There. That's, that's still there. That was in Cicero. That yeah. was Capone's headquarters. And some of Capone's old houses are still still. Yeah. Still was existing. there one for sale recently? I th- might have been. Because, yeah, like he had something in Cal Park. Like, yeah. he, he, he rolled hard. He was all over. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I, mean, I guess dude. when people try to kill you, <laughs> you got to have a lot. But he wound up dying pretty fucking bad because of all them goddamn. Uh, well, he died from syphilis. Syphilis, right? Yeah. Untreated. Well, back then, oh, it was years before like penicillin or anything well, had been discovered. It's all those prostitutes, Jay. So all that, you know, it was before meat he had on him sure went away. Oh God, I've yeah. I've actually never seen pictures of like before he died, but I imagine it was I wouldn't like, want to because yeah, I'd rather just have bad. the image of the badass, the the, the, the dude, right? Yeah, the, the tough looking dude with the fedora and all that. Oh, I'd rather shit. have that in my head than the withered away like sunken eyes if i could go back in time and have a conversation with al capone that would be the shit i'd be like so tell me tell me what your life is like sir 
well, don't like Darky. Let's start there. <laughs> After that, like, I was getting, just getting down to it, bro. Oh, that's amazing. That would have been awesome to, to just sit there and watch them work, like how they came up with things and mm-hmm. just I the, I can't imagine. The adaptability. I can't imagine. And it, of people back then. Yeah. And it, yeah. And then so I was looking up prohibition. So that kicked off in 1920. Mm-hmm. And then in 1933, years ago. it was repealed. Oh, yeah. That is 100 years ago, yeah. isn't it? Fuck it. And it's interesting. And I think it is interesting too. And it was like, I, I got to finish this documentary. I'll see you a link to it. But like, so the prohibition of alcohol, we see all the effects of it, right? Mm-hmm. So now we have um, marijuana. Which, for all intents and purposes, is prohibited at the federal level. Federal, yeah. Now it's becoming but state level. It varies. Yeah, and it's and it's. I mean, but if you look at everything that has happened in the meantime, right up until now, okay. The, uh, the obviously the selling of drugs, like even I mean, you could expand that, right? Because I think it's Peru. I could be wrong, but there's a country that basically legalized most drugs. I don't know if you are you familiar with no, that. No, I wasn't. Um, here, let me. I have my handy. I'm so glad I bought my own. I brought a nice computer. Uh, country legalizes all drugs. Because everyone was saying it was going to turn into a fucking mad haven. No, I think it would be the opposite of prohibition. Like you Por- give them. Portugal. Portu- Portugal. 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 Please pronounce it for me. Portugal. Portugal. <laughs> Portugal. Poor, poor too. Portugal. <laughs> no, my Help You're over pronouncing Portugal. Portugal. Continue with the story. Anyway, we can be here all day. So, <laughs> help, help me, help me, help me, please. So, 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 was it for the entire country? So, Portugal did something called drug liberal, liberal, oh, lib- liberation. <laughs> Liberalization. Liberalization. Okay. But they decriminalized most drugs. I think there's some that, like, Across I don't the think... country? Yeah. Oh you never, you never heard no, about this? No, I didn't know that. Okay, so Too in 2001, the, the sections of the Portuguese penal code regarding drugs was revised to incorporate an administrative system of fines and treatment plans. So part of it was they decriminalized them. The other half okay. was like, if you want treatment, we'll offer it to you, right? So if you're an addict, you can go get free oh, treatment, wow. right? So they basically said, "We'll give you, we'll give we'll you access you. to the drugs." However, if you want to get off the drugs, we can help. And so that's basically what they. So since then, lawbreakers have been ticket. So lawbreakers have been ticketed and referred to hearings by three member panel. Uh, since decriminalization took effect, Portugal appears to have achieved a stated goal of harm reduction for heroin addicts by stigmatizing their problem. Heroin addiction and HIV cases from dirty needles were on the rise in the 90s, presenting a major health concern for the country. More addicts now seek treatment, which has led to a decline in reported cases of HIV, hepatitis B and C, as well as drug overdoses. I'm trying to think when this article was written. Uh, this is... Wow. This is on smartdrugpolicy.com. I know they're like, I've read some news articles about it. Um, I can see why, how oh. it had the opposite effect of prohibition because you give it, it, what's that like old ass quote? Here, uh, here's one from, uh oh. Here's one from 2018 by Time Magazine. Uh, you, we can trust it's a Time. A little more repeatable. Right. Want to win the war on drugs? Portugal might have the answer. 
So, and I know I've kind of read some of these articles, but HIV infection is down. Um, people are actually going in for treatment, right? And so we're talking like hair, you know, hard drugs. Yeah. Um, but they decriminalized it. They're like, so you don't go to jail for it, right? You're not going to jail for possession. But I think you can still go to, I think you still get in trouble for distribution, right? Because I think. But at I that think, point, like, why would you? I think. I'd have to go, like, go over it. it. But it, I mean, you know, Sam, but they, like, people were like, it's going to become a drug haven and it's going to be nothing but like, it's going to be like walking dead. But no, that's not what's happening. Actually, usage, usage is going down. Addiction is going down. Yeah, because you give them more access to it. They don't want it as much because I think the whole point, uh, I think the whole mentality is that when you can't do something, you want to do it more. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're allowed to do it, you kind of don't want to because the, the thrill is gone. Thrill is gone, <laughs> gone away. I think I think that's part of it. I think that that's what I think that's what what does it. Because I mean, right now with uh, marijuana being legal at the state level, at the state for well, recreational here for recreational, here. but isn't it still limited to certain ounces? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. for carrying around. We actually talked about that yesterday. Um, I actually wrote down in my notes. I don't even have it. Yeah. That, and like, and this is like going to these classes is so interesting because I know nothing about cannabis, like nothing. I'm a, a ca- I'm an occasional user. And like, there was this one guy and he's like, he's been growing for years. I'm almost certain he's been growing for years. Like he's like, yeah, he goes, I'm into the horticulture. This <laughs> guy whipped out this book and I was like, oh shit. Like, and then there was another guy. He's like, yeah, I've grown. I've done the grow process. You know, he's gone through the whole process. He's like, you that's know. but work, though. It's a lot of work. From what I've seen, it's that's a lot, lot of work. work. Like yeah. ventilation and lighting. It's a lot of work. Um, but, but, I mean, think about it. Guys have been, I mean, obviously, people have been doing it for years. Here on the south side of Chicago, there are motherfuckers who, who could do that process blindfolded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in a basement with, oh, a, yeah. with a bathtub. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nothing Hell else. Hell yeah. Did you, you know what I'm saying? Did you see the, the news articles where... Uh, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was an, an Onion article, to be honest. What was um, it? Where basically people are applying for like a peddler's license. Oh yeah, yeah, to yeah. sell it. On yeah, to sell it on the corner. corners. Yeah. Like, I thought it was an Onion article. <laughs> I didn't know that was legit. I think I could see that happening one day. It won't happen because I actually got a chance to meet uh, a couple of the politicians who kind of helped push all that legislation through and and like the one toy hutchison right i got a chance to okay. go so i went to the actually the cannabis re, if you see that magazine right over there i got yeah. to go to the cannabis resource fair yeah what was i, and, I heard about that what yeah was that? it was huge the mayor was there like it, it was that full-on like stamp of approval from the city like this is real like and mm-hmm. that's, you know and so uh toy hutchison was a former senator a state senator who is now the they refer to her as the drugs are or the weeds are because okay. she's in charge of like all the weed everything for the city right that's her job now oh, wow. and so she was saying how like when they created the bill um the the re, the the limited number of dispensaries is on purpose and the limited number of growers is on purpose and yeah. and when that she explained sense. it it made perfect sense because and i have a friend who lives in denver and i kind of was asking him these things like when i was at the resource fair i was texting them like because they were like denver you know those cities like denver and seattle all these are failures and they go what here's why one we had to figure out a way to address the social justice aspect right you got tons of people in jail for for weed 
So yeah. you can't, you know, it's it, obviously anybody with half a brain would say it's not right that you have people getting rich off of weed. While there's people while rotting there's people jail. weed. So you got to start there. So they did, right? They, they just won the expungements and they're working through the expungements. Uh, there's still people in jail yeah, for weed. But still work. It's a lot of people. So it's not going to happen overnight. Actually, actually, it's an article. So one of the things is my, my professor was like, you got to immerse yourself in cannabis culture. So I've been, I've been reading so much over just the last three days. But like L.A. is about to expunge 66,000 cases of people who've been busted for marijuana. And I'm like, 66,000 cases. Oh, let me see. Okay, let me That's go back. a lot. I thought it was that people. number. Uh, LA expunging like marijuana cases. Unnatural amount. Let me see. Prosecute. Okay, no. Okay, yeah. So this, oh, okay. Nearly 66,000 marijuana convictions in Los Angeles County are going to be, um, will be dismissed. Yeah, and this article is from yesterday. So sixty six thousand motherfuckers. So you know what I'm saying? And they've had Well, you have to consider too, like how long how how far back does that go? Wow I'm just, I mean, how far back do you go? I think eventually for like everywhere it's gonna be everybody, right? And, and is that gonna expunge everybody that's been busted? The, with nonviolent without a nonviolent connection. So like the people getting expunged in Illinois, if it was just just the marijuana with no violent attachments to it. You, you can get you're gonna get that case expunged right um so if there was no gun no assault right none of that you got busted with the yeah. marijuana but you're beating somebody's yeah, ass yeah like you process. got pulled over and it was in your car right that those people um okay. are gonna get expunged so but like so they they started there and then she said so then you know we we knew you know we had to start somewhere so they let the corporations who were already doing medical to open a recreational Right. So yeah. that and at the time, I can't remember how many number the number that is, but that ended up being like, it was a fifth. I don't even think it was 50, but, you know, that number. Mm-hmm. So she said, so then from there, we, that's why we, you know, we knew those people could get in. They were already in. They already had all the processes and everything in place so we can let them get in. But then the next time we'll start to open it to people who aren't in the industry. Right. And that's where your conversations about equity and everything's coming in. So when she explained it, it made perfect sense. I'm like, okay. She was like, so the, you know, the, 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 the low supplies on purpose because no one, no one at this point is going to like corner the market. Cause there's no market to corner in reality for recreational, right? There's not enough, not enough weed to go around. Mm-hmm. As you said, your dispensary is out. <laughs> yeah. The one by my house is constantly. Right. There's no market to putting corner. on Facebook that they ran out of recreational and right. their their remaining supply is for medicinal, right? Which I think is great so because they, they're focusing on the people who really yes. need it. So they, but they're not going to take over the recreational market. No Mm-mm. one's like they're not becoming the boss, right? No one store is like, oh, hell we, no, we but fucking man, their line is ridiculous. Exactly. That day was zero degrees. Someone on Facebook message, uh, they posted a post. There were thirty people standing out in front of the dispensary at Western and Ogden. And that I, place is huge. And they said, like, it was zero fucking degrees. And people they were saying, fuck that. But, you know, it makes sense, though. So no one store, even the ones existing, that'll be in existence for, what, two, three years before the next yeah, set of stores open. that has been there a while. Right. But no no place is going to, like, take the market over. So when other stores open, it's still going to be open, you know, open playing field for everybody. So it to me, it makes perfect sense. Um, so where, I mean... Do you know? Because I don't know where the dispensaries are. Like, I know there's one by my house. Oh, you can just Google it. There's... I know there's one on Ogden and Western. Yeah. But 
It wasn't one of wasn't there some kind of like there's like only... outcry that there weren't any in the low income neighborhoods? Yeah. And there yeah. Yeah. Um I get why they wouldn't put one in there because it's a labeled as low income neighborhood and the prices wouldn't match that low income. Oh, neighborhood. I see what you're saying. So I get I get where they're coming from. Yeah. The net well, none of those companies were gonna open none of those existing companies were gonna open a dispensary in Inglewood, right? None of them. No, none of them. Right. They're wasn't, not gonna do. Wasn't some dispensary just robbed? Uh, but that one was up in like fucking Logan Square. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. So the funny part is the, the dispensary that was robbed. The owners of that dispensary also own headquarters beer cake. Oh, I've been so, there. That's pretty cool. Exactly. So they are not. You know, what I'm saying they are rich people mm-hmm. getting richer, and well, they were actually yeah, and they were actually planning on opening a second dispensary. But they changed their minds when they got robbed for uh-huh. like what was it a hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, because because it's all cash. And it was actually interesting. We had a we had a discussion in class about how do you launder that money. <laughs> like, I was like, this is this is off the fucking chain. Like, what do you do? And it was funny because I've had this guy like, what do you do with all that cash? And so you know, he was saying like, what most companies do with the cash to to get to get rid of it? Because yeah, what do they do? Well, I can't talk. I'm not gonna talk about that. I don't. <laughs> I'm not putting. The, they write I, it down and slide it over me. <laughs> basically, they put. They end up putting it into a trust in in reality, right? Um, and then the, in the, they use that trust to invest. So, and then the 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 back end money coming in from the investments is where they try to right because that money is not drug money anymore. It was basically the gist of the conversation. Hmm. It, it, I, I'll tell you off. Because I'm trying to put this. I'm sure you can just Google it, but but it was one of those things I was wondering, like, how do you, what do you do with all that cash? And I actually have a friend, and she said yeah, she was telling me, it's really, she knows someone in California who's been working in the industry for years, and she said like one day he opened up a cabinet, and said the cabinet was just full of money, and he was just because fuck, it's drug money. Well, where are you gonna put it? <laughs> you can't put it nowhere. Spend it, baby. Spend. It. And you, I mean, you can't even really spend it though. Bye. Like whatever, I'll spend that money. <laughs> I mean, when tax season comes around, yeah, you can buy that Bugatti, baby. Go in and buy shit cash. No, but yeah, well, you, well, that's like the October, thing. you can't be spending that. Well, kind that's of cash. the thing. If you buy anything over ten thousand dollars, you gotta do where where that money come from, right? Yep. So that's the issue. Um, but are you familiar with uh, Rick Ross, not the rapper, the real Rick Ross? No. Watch every documentary you can about that motherfucker. <laughs> so that his story is so. Like you like Al Capone and stuff, mm-hmm. you'll love Freeway Ricky Ross. He was a drug dealer in the eighties. Mm. Um, if I remember correctly, he was a high school tennis star, and it turned out that he was basically illiterate, and so he mm-hmm. learned how to deal drugs from his tennis coach, and so he became. Now here's where the story gets murky, and I'm sure you've heard some variation of the story. the The facts. As I remember them and what what can be proven is that his drugs were coming from two men who actually worked for the CIA. They were CIA informants. So he was getting all these uh, all this cocaine that he was then processing in the crack and having processed in the crack. And he was selling it in California, in L.A. Now, they say like at his and I've actually heard this out of his own mouth because uh Netflix had a doc- documentary where he's the person being interviewed. He said his most lucrative day, he sold $3 million worth of drugs in one day. What the hell? $3 million dr- in cash. How do you, like, what? So. You can get enough pockets to hold that in one day. Three. 
So, million like, what is he running back in the house? Stash, stash it under the so sink. So, on top of it, right? You're you're a drug. You're the biggest drug at the time. He's probably the biggest drug dealer in the and United probably States. All off a corner. Or all and off he's living with his grandmother. Oh hell no! And he can't spend any of the money because one, she'll notice. Two, it's all illegal. So like they said, like he would literally just stack like he would stack the money in the closet, put clothes on it. He stacked the money under the bed. He would, <laughs> just dude is literally like the if the house catches on fire, it's <laughs> death trap because there's money everywhere. But that and so that's the problem that legitimate businesses are running into, um, not just in Illinois. So I'm sure like other places. But it's funny because um, with this growing weed business, they're talking about like accountants. Accountants mm-hmm. who do the accounting just for these these dispensaries is going to be a business all its own, right? Oh God, yeah. What do you do with all that money? You know, and so. But technically, isn't it clean? No. No. The, the federal government says it's dirty. Oh yeah, that's right. right. I mean, it's Sorry, the, right. I forgot about that. And it, and then to me, like the question is like, so are you paying federal? And I've heard everyone say yes, we pay our taxes. So you're paying taxes on dirty money, and it's it's fascinating to me. And like Isn't I said, some crazy. I can't of, wait to learn more. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm that's some so crazy kind of loophole. Like it's so great. It's so great. And but I mean, eventually it's gonna become like me. I'm already trying to. I'm like thinking ahead. Like so, it eventually becomes federally legal. And then US- I wonder if we're going to be alive to see it, though. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. But then USPS just got approved to for, ship? for delivery of uh, goods by drone. So. But of marijuana? No, just in general. Oh. USPS got approved by the FAA to Man, I could deliver see so packages many drones by drone. Dropping down in the hood. So to me. If you are able to legalize marijuana federally, then Ooh. you should be able to ship it across state lines, right? Yeah, that's kind of the problem right Over now. time. So now, like, to me, I'm, like, trying to think that far ahead. Like, fuck. Like, we're not even talking dispensary stores anymore, right? You're talking about a drone who's flying your... Yeah, can you imagine Amazon boxes just oh filled with weed? Oh, my God. That's what I'm... See, that's where I'm at. I'm trying to think that. Like, I'm trying to think that. I'm done. I'm trying to think there. Like, the... Not the THC, the CBD stuff. CBD, yeah, it's big in the jujitsu community. Oh yeah, yeah, it helps a lot. And we haven't talked about it. you do jujitsu as well. Yeah, I do. Oh, oh well, we have to talk about it right now. I feel like <laughs> I haven't. I've I'm only like that because I only went once this week. I I went twice. Uh, yeah, yeah, once this week. Yeah, it could have been better. Oh, that's okay. But damn work schedule. Oh, it's killing me. How are you looking on time? What do you mean? Like, I don't know what time you got to go. Oh, I'm good. It's only eight. I'm good. Okay. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Then you, you want to talk about, cause I'm thinking, uh, depending on how long this is, I can select, I can stop this here and we can have, we can talk about jujitsu if you want. Um, we can talk about jujitsu. I just need a body break. I do too, actually. Um, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. You go ahead and you go ahead and potty. And I'm gonna potty after you. <laughs> the toilet's clean. The All Star Game's going. All right, and so that was my conversation with Chris Rodriguez. 
So uh, we, we made a lot of mentions of a lot of different things. All of those links are going to be down in the episode um, in the episode notes. So just go to the episode notes and you'll see article, you know, links to all the articles and everything that we mentioned. With the exception, I looked at the Instagram page that she mentions. It is disgusting. <laughs> And I was like, I just, I'm not, I'm not putting a link to that. No. Um, but if you want to check it out, it's actually Instagram.com slash medical talks, um, M E D I C A L T A L K S all one word. And it'll take you there. And I just, it's not for the faint of heart. If you have a, 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 a you know, a stomach, they can't handle stuff. That's, I mean, it's all medical, but it's, it's just, yeah, it was a little too, I was like, oh, hell no. But it, there are a lot of pictures, a lot of different things. People do, people either do or endure some strange things in life. So I'll leave it at that. But everything else is going to be down in the episode notes, so check them out. Um, also, so let, let's get the rundown here. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, I, I'm just, I'm even losing track of the number of episodes. It hasn't been that many, but I'm just like, oh, what an episode is this now? But, you know, it's great. I, I all the feedback, I, I, I don't even get a chance to, in reality, uh, give shout outs for all the feedback, but it's amazing because some of it's just in passing. People just text me like, oh, listen to the episode. It's great. Um, oh my God, can't wait to, you know, it's just so much. And I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Um, but please, if you like this episode, if you heard, heard other, if you've not heard the other episodes, go listen to them, please. Um, if you like this one, just do me a favor. Just rate and review. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, just in your app, go, you know, just go and you can rate and review the, 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 you know, the podcast. If you're in Stitcher, you actually have to go on a desktop from what I can tell to rate and review. But if you go to Stitcher, you don't even have to log in. If you just search the podcast and then you, you know, it'll, you go down to the bottom of the page and you'll see the stars and it'll say rate and review. You can do that. Or please go on Podchaser podchaser.com look up off the beaten podcast just put us in the search bar you'll see us will pop up and rate and review me there it, is, it just takes a few seconds and it is so great it'll also help raise the profile of the show and for more people to see it and hear about it and you know it's just great so rate and review on um, the podcast app of your choice um, if you're listening to this on spotify i love you spotify listeners i appreciate you but if you could please go you know and just drop a rating review on one of the podcast apps because you can't do that on spotify which is why i try not to listen to podcasts on spotify it's just they need to fix that rating reviews are just a part of the culture get over it so um also if you just really like this show you really like me you like what you heard and you just kind of want to get a little more in touch please um down in the episode notes you can subscribe to my newsletter so you'll be the first person to know when the new episode drops what the episode is about who it's about i try to give a little extra into the newsletter so you can kind of get a little extra insight into the person and also um on on weeks that i don't drop an episode I will drop a newsletter and it's just and the newsletter is a bit more about updates about me, about the podcast making process, what I'm reading, what I'm listening to, what podcast am I digging in? Um, and I always include also an inspirational quote. So if you if that if sounds good to you, just sign up for the newsletter and you can do that down in episode notes. Click on it and it's just like a really quick uh, form. You'll put your name, your date, birthday so I can send you a happy birthday, things like that. And you'll be a part of the club and I would appreciate you forever. Also, um, 
in the podcast app while you're listening to somewhere in there there's a subscribe button it's on spotify it's on apple it's on stitcher um castbox deezer they all have like a little subscribe button if you're listening on podbean subscribe if you're listening to any of those subscribe and that way when a new episode drops it'll automatically go into your phone and when you open up your pod app oh look a new off the beaten podcast right and so you'll be ready to go and you can listen to it i I like to listen i always listen to my own episodes uh when i'm in the shower i start in the shower i get on the train and usually um usually about 20 minutes after i get to work the the episode is ending and i'm just like okay cool that was great like i listen to my i listen to my own you know what i'm saying i get high on my own supply so please do that and i appreciate it all the people who have subscribed tell your friends send them more you know let's get this and i want more i'm just i'm getting greedy i want it but i appreciate it and it just helps raise the profile of the podcast so more people can hear about it if you think this is a great uh, podcast share it with your friends also um you can interact with me you can email me uh you can email me at being silly in the city at gmail.com um you can call me the phone number i, I can never remember i think i can i'm not even gonna try because i can never remember it but it is down in episode notes you can give me a call drop me a voicemail um was there something about the episode you didn't like is there you know i don't like this you should do this what about that you know criticism i'll take it all i'll take suggestions and if you just want to say hey that was great i appreciate it thank you i will take that too so you know or if you you know anything else you want to say if you have questions especially i don't think i've gotten too many like kind of the questions always tend to be about the process of making up the, the podcast and i'm happy to answer those questions so drop me a question or if you have a question about you know oh why didn't you ask the guest this you should have did that and you know i would love to get Corey back on here again and actually she'll be here in two weeks but beyond that we didn't talk about her job there were so many things we didn't talk about we didn't talk about her uh kind of growing up a little bit you know in back of the yards and such so there's so much more we could even cover so you know let's get it let's get it uh whatever's clever um, also, you can follow the podcast on social media. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at off the beaten, you know, Instagram.com slash off the beaten podcast at off the beaten podcast. You can follow uh, the podcast on Facebook and that's Facebook.com slash off the beaten podcast. The name of the Facebook page says Reflections of a Chicago Life. Facebook's an asshole and they won't let me change the name of the page. So I'm stuck with it for now. <laughs> And so that's kind of how just the cookie crumbles. Also, you can follow me on Twitter, and that's at uh, at Dion's Musica, D I O N S M U S I C A. And uh, yeah, and you know, we got some other stuff. It's down. It's all down in episode. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, there's a lot. Okay. Um, also, if you want to contribute to the podcast you know and everything we do i love this i love it but it you know takes money um you know it it just does and so if you would like to contribute you can buy me a cup of coffee um you know if you buy me one cup of coffee i'll probably drink it if you buy me multiple cups of coffee i'll divvy it around the table But you can actually go to buymeacoffee.com slash off the beaten podcast. And if you want to make a monthly coffee donation, you can do that as well. So if you just want to buy me one cup of coffee a month, I would appreciate it. And, you know, it's easy and just, yeah, you don't even have to think about it. I recommend buying me more like four cups of coffee a month, but that's just me. But yeah, I would appreciate it. And I'll give you a monthly shout out, probably a weekly shout out. <laughs> and you know, you'll be helping build this this 
Yeah, I don't even know what this is, but you'll be helping build it from the ground up, and that is fabulous. So, that's it. Oh, no. Also, shout out to my homies and homegirls and everybody over at Reppin' Pins. So, Reppin' Pins is a Chicago pin company. They make pins that help you rep what you love. I actually bought a hat from them, and I was trying to wait till the spring uh, to wear it. And it was a like collaboration with Avocada, a company that I know nothing about, but they obviously make some dope-ass shit because uh, the pin I got through them you know from repping that they made in collaboration and the hat was off the chain the hat is this bright yellow with uh, red lettering and so i actually wore it this weekend so if you actually follow me on instagram if you follow the podcast on instagram you'll uh, see that and it was is fabulous <laughs> and so shout out to repping pins and also repping pins if you go to reppingpins.com and you buy anything go over there and check out what they got they have new pins all the time they're doing new collaborations and you know it's just great um I've really gotten into the enamel pin thing. I actually received three pins today that were not repping pins from a totally different source. Um, and I'll post pictures uh, this week of those pins. But yeah, it, they're so cool and they're fun. And it's just, you know, I've never really collected anything in my life other than guitars, uh, which are really expensive. So, you know, it's just like cool and different. And each paycheck, I can buy a new pen. And I like go on Instagram and look at pens and find pens. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to order that pen. So, but repping pens, go on there, buy some pens. And when you get the checkout, put in the, uh, put in the code OTBP20 and you'll get 20% off your entire order. It's that simple. You won't find that discount anywhere else. It's just for off the beam podcast listeners. And do not share that code with anybody who's not listening to this podcast because they don't fucking deserve it. So, but you do. So go over, check them out. Just go check them out. Just go check them out. I'm not going to buy nothing, but go check them out. Reppinpins.com. And let me know what you think, you know, and we'll go from there appreciate it. So that's all I have. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this experience. I'm loving it. Um, and I, it is getting rough. It's rough because I'm doing this and I'm working full time and I actually just started a consulting job uh, that is going to take up more of my time and I'm going to school. So this is kind of like, oh my God, I'm doing all of this, but the podcast is the one thing that like everything else i'm like okay i'm going i'm going i'm going but then i'm like oh man i get to sit and conversate with this awesome person and then i'm gonna listen back to it and edit it and then i get to add music to it and and then i get to put it out for people to consume and think about and just be a part of their day and part of their lives and that's just so amazing and dynamic and so we're making magic whether you realize it or not so thank you And I will see you in two weeks for the next episode, but I'll see you in one week. So go sign up for the newsletter and I'll tell you all about my classes. (laughs) So have a good one. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Oh, one last thing. During that mid-episode break, uh, the music that was playing, I'm going to actually leave you by playing that full song Oh, with vocals. The name of the song is Even If The Sky Is Falling Down and it's by Candlelion featuring Kara D. And I thought that was perfect considering the fact that I could have let losing so much audio get me down, but I didn't. So enjoy this song and I'll see you next time.
Even if the sky is falling 